This episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast is sponsored by Kix. Kix is an online film and television retailer specializing in the latest Sony, Universal, and Paramount films and television shows. You can use the exclusive code OZGEEK15 to receive 15% off your order. Thank you to the wonderful team at Kix. Now to the review. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pato, and today I'll be covering See How They Run, uh, the whodunit starring Sam Rockwell and Saoirse Ronan and directed by Tom George, uh, a film that I was not eagerly awaiting. Um, the trailer didn't really do anything for me, and like I said, I've been predominantly staying away from trailers, and I caught this uh, ahead of... Um, seeing Amsterdam uh, in theatres, which is another film that I would not recommend. Uh, but it did play before that film um, because they're both the same studio and it didn't really do anything uh, for me. It was just a film that looked okay. Uh, I'm a fan of the cast uh, and I like the idea of a whodunit um, that sort of plays off the tropes of the whodunit genre. Uh, but like I said, yeah, the, the trailer did nothing for me and uh, the film sort of came and went. Uh, it got mediocre reviews. Uh, it just didn't look fantastic as well. Um, and yeah, just just flopped incredibly hard at the box office too. And it's a shame because I feel like that's the case with a majority of Sam Rockwell's films. And if I'm being completely honest, he's one of my favourite performers uh, working in Hollywood at the moment. I, I adore Sam Rockwell and what he's able to do. Uh, and I, yeah, quite enjoy him here as well. And I wasn't going to do a review of this film, but I just thought that, hey, why don't I give my thoughts on something like this? I, I've been attempting to watch a few TV shows of late that I was hoping to do reviews for, but I'm finding it incredibly difficult to finish a couple of them. Uh, I won't spoil what they are here because uh, I end up, you know, I'm, I, I might do something on them, but... At, as it stands, I'm just not really feeling it with a couple of them. So, um, yeah, let's talk about See How They Run. So take it away, trailer. Victim's name is Leo Kopernik, sir. Seems he was killed in the costume store. And then he was deposited here. Staged, so to speak. longer do you intend to hold us all hostage? Or is that the idea? Gather all the suspects and interrogate each of us in turn until the mystery is solved? Marvin Cochranar's overweighted playwright. Celebrated playwright? Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I can't read me on handwriting. There was an incident. I'll kill you. <gasps> it's as good as a confession. It's not jump to conclusions, Constable. What do we have here? <laughs> Working late, huh? He killed Kopernik to hush up the affair. Case closed. I'm doing it again, aren't you, sir? Jumping to conclusions. Okay. Yeah. A little bit. You've never heard of Richard Attenborough. A real-life detective. I understand that you came to blows the night in question. It was me, Inspector. I arrest you for the murder of Leo no, Cochran. No, no. We have a serial killer on the loose. Please stand back. He keeps the key. Ah! Under the mat. 
We are no longer merely suspects. We are also potential victims. So what did he do that made you suspicious? It wasn't so much what he did, it was more the way he did it. How did he do it? Sort of suspiciously. Right. So See How They Run uh, was written by Mark Chappell and directed by Tom George and stars the likes of Sam Rockwell, Saoirse Ronan, uh, David Oyelowo, uh, Adrian Brody, um, and Harris Dickinson and brief appearances from um, character actors such as Ruth Wilson and uh, Oliver Jackson. Um, and the film follows uh, in the West End of 1950s London uh, plans for a movie version of a smash hit play Mousetrap based upon the Agatha Christie uh, tale, uh, come to abrupt halt after a pivotal member of the crew is brutally murdered. Uh, so essentially that is the general setup. Um, it is a whodunit uh, that does play off of the, I guess, general conventions that we see in the genre. Now, a film that did it quite well recently was Knives Out, and that film is getting a sequel this year, which I hear great things about. Uh, but what Ryan Johnson did so well with that film was not take itself too seriously. Uh, if you go back to the uh, two recent uh, Kenneth Brenner films, whilst I find fun in them, uh, the general, uh, I guess, um, tone of those films is overly serious and it's staying true I guess to the Agatha Christie uh, tales but I feel that with this genre in particular we've seen it all at this point so we need to start to look at it in a different light now I'm not comparing you know like an actual um, real life uh, murder mystery or uh, an event based on true events or a film based on true events or a series based on true events because that's something entirely different. The whodunit genre traditionally just draws on um, a fictional tale. Now, whether or not that fictional tale does have any uh, roots in reality, that's case by case. Uh, in, in terms of this film, that is the, the general idea and I guess setup of this. Uh, when the killer does um, reveal themselves at the end, it's because they have a personal relationship with the story um, and the portrayal of the story on the uh, on West End in the Mousetrap play. Now, um, the the film itself is lighthearted. It's not overly like funny as in laugh out loud funny, but there are general moments that did ha make me chuckle and did have me laughing along with it, um, which is interesting. Like I said the trailer didn't really give off those vibes um, it does boast quite an impressive cast and I guess after Sam Rockwell's Oscar win uh, in 2018 we, we haven't really seen him sort of delve back into um, some of the more light-hearted fare that he was doing prior to that um, you know he had a, a pretty impressive career and I like when he either dabbles in um, a more serious film or when he does do um, some comedy work. Uh, I mean, some of his best work has been in uh, more of that light-hearted affair, like I mentioned. Um, Matchstick Men, uh, Seven Psychopaths, Dan uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. All of those films definitely do have that lighter tone and, and that, that comedic um, yeah, backdrop, I guess. Um, but what... Sam Rockwell does really well here is that he does play off that grizzled detective type. Um, his accent is very hit and miss. It's really up to you on how you take it. 
Um, I didn't have a huge issue uh, with it as such. Um, he's an American actor playing a British man. It is what it is, um, and it, it definitely shines through at some uh, in some moments. But I I did find him to be quite enjoyable, and his chemistry with Saoirse Ronan was was really really likable and, and made the film uh, relatable in a sense. And I, I did really enjoy the way that the film does play out. Uh, it is thoroughly entertaining to to watch these characters interact with one another on screen and that that's a big part of why the film works so well um but overall i i feel that the genre uh is the the focal point here and i guess dissecting some of the the elements of that genre so your typical setup in a whodunit uh really is you know you got to establish the motives of the of the potential um culprits uh you've got to also establish who the victim was um and the film does a really good job at that uh essentially when we start we meet the victim um spoiler alert it's adrian Brody's character um who is the director of the um i guess the the feature film silver screen adaptation of the mousetrap play um and yeah we are introduced to him at the very start he is narrating the start of the film um, and we see, I guess, his final moments before he's uh, passing. And that was a very clever way to set up the character because I, I similar, I guess, to the way the Knives Out does it as well, but we, we delve further back into it and it's not told from that first-person perspective. Um, but I found it really interesting the way that this was all established. And I really love Adrian Brody and I'm very happy he's he's not doing um the straight to dvd stuff whilst there is a few of those um making their way into his filmography um he's he's back in a big way and i've really enjoyed um seeing some of his uh, output in in recent years in particular um including the the fantastic chapel weight if you haven't seen it uh, a reoccurring role on succession um the hbo's winning or showtime hbo max's winning time the rise of the lakers dynasty um, then he's got this uh, blonde as well, um, and he's got some other great uh, films um, in, in with what we hope to be great films, but with talented filmmakers in the work. So it's really good to see Adrian Brody back because I'm a huge fan of his. I think he is a fantastic uh, actor. Um, still remains to be the youngest best winning actor at the Oscars, which is is quite impressive. Uh, but he's a, such a talented man, and I, I appreciate seeing him in a role like this too, because he is playing the asshole, and he plays the asshole oh so well. Uh, he has in many films previous to this, but I, I just really like uh, him as a performer, and it was really good to see him here. Um, but I, I really liked that that perspective and that change. Uh, like I said, we haven't really seen something like that done before. And it just adds that little bit extra. Uh, it really does establish who this person was and why someone might want him out of the picture. Uh, and I really like that because it's solely based off his personality and I thought it was quite clever. Um, but then when we're introduced to the the other cast members, we've got typical um, play um, uh, performers as such. We've got Harris Dickinson um, uh, playing a young Richard Attenborough. Um, for those who don't know, Richard Attenborough, of course, uh, plays uh, the wonderful um, uh, Dr. Richard Hammond in, oh, John Hammond, John Hammond, sorry, in um, the Jurassic Park uh, films, I guess, because he's in the first two. So um, it's really fun to see him do that. Harris Dickinson is a really talented young man, um, same age as me. So I guess he's not really that young uh, anymore, but uh, he's had a pretty impressive year as well, being in The Kingsman uh, and Where the Crawdads Sing and now finishing off with See How They Run. 
Um, big fan of his. I think he's got a lot to give and he's a lot of fun here um, in a very brief turn, but still very good to see him uh, getting work at this uh, this level. Uh, the Ruth Wilson as well, as I mentioned, is in this, um, her most notable work being uh, in Luther, uh, though I did enjoy her in the War of the Worlds um, miniseries adaptation that she was in um, with uh, the great Rafe Spall as well recently. Um, she's a very talented actress and it's good to see her in something like this as well. And, of course, David Oyelowo, who I am a big fan of. Uh, he's a very talented man as well. Um, and they essentially round out the, the, the culprits as such. And it's cool to see them um, all interact with one another and there's a bit of fun to be had with some of their dialogue and uh, the banter and back and forth between them. Um, when we are introduced to all these characters, they are um, essentially uh, it's it's the hundredth uh, celebra- hundredth play, I guess, of this mousetrap play. It's the the hundredth um, night of this play, uh, so it, it was quite fun to see them and I guess that camaraderie between them. There's a great moment between um, Harris Dickinson's character and and uh, Sam Rockwell. Uh, where Sam Rockwell has the traditional limp, uh, I guess very John Watson from Sherlock Holmes-esque, um, but something that we've seen creep into many uh, different whodunit stories. And um, he's got the limp from the war, and uh, he uh, Harris Dickinson's like, oh, I like that. Can I use that for my character? It's good to, to add that level of authenticity to the role. Uh, it just made me laugh. And there's some other sly digs at the genre as well. There's a great one with Saoirse Ronan um, when they, they uncover the body, um, on the set of the play and she says to to uh, Sam Rockwell, she's like, oh, maybe they all did it. And it made me laugh. Uh, obvious um, note to Murder on the Orient Express. And I, yeah, I enjoy that sort of thing. And I, I like that the genre is having, um, you know, the film is having fun with the genre here and poking a few holes in, in some of the tropes, which is a bit of fun and it's good to see that. Um, but overall, this is a really entertaining film. There's not much else I want to say without giving away the grand reveal at the end of the film. But, yeah, it was it was quite entertaining. Uh, so definitely check it out. I don't know if it's getting a physical release at this point. Uh, it did release straight to Disney Plus after its cinema um, run. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but on a side note and something I wanted to mention was just the sheer output that Fox has had. Now, I've touched on this in the last couple of um, reviews that I've done featuring films, uh, Barbarian in particular. Uh, Fox and Searchlight Pictures have just been absolutely killing it with some of their releases lately, like top-tier stuff. Uh, I, I don't know um, exactly you know, what the restructure had happened there, but before this, uh, before the Disney merger... Fox was in a point where I wasn't overly impressed with a lot of their cinematic output. Now, they had some hits and misses on the smaller screen and Hulu was doing its thing, but uh, I I think that the focus more on some of these filmmakers that are making these films lately, like that they're all low-key filmmakers. They've either made flops with their respective studio before or they you know, haven't really done a lot. I, I wanted to mention... Um, again, uh, Zach Krager and what he did with uh, Barbarian, uh, because I think Barbarian is up there with one of my favourite films, and he previously worked with Searchlight Pictures back in 2009 uh, with Miss March, which was a horrific failure. Um, but following in trend with that, in a film that I'll be checking out this week, is Mark Myloid's directorial um, follow-up, I guess, um, in terms of feature 
films. He hasn't done anything since uh, he did. Um, what's what's my number? What what's what's your number? Um, the the terrible romantic comedy starring Anna Faris and Chris uh, Evans. Uh, and yeah, he he's done a lot of work on television. You know, working on Game of Thrones, Succession, Shameless, The Affair. He's done it all um, with Showtime um, and HBO Max. You know, he, he's done a lot with those studios. But uh, he's returning to the big screen now with another. I guess it, well, it's not. It, it's it's comedy in in terms. It's a dark comedy. Um, and it, I think it falls more on the thriller side of things. But seeing uh, these directors that you know had been in the Fox system and them given a voice is really interesting. And I don't don't know if that's because. You know, Disney traditionally, um, you know, that they're more of a studio think, and I, I don't think it's necessarily bad. But they're very board orientated and very committee like in terms of their direction, which is fine uh, because they're dealing with such big investments. You know, two hundred, three hundred million dollar productions. Uh, then you dial it back with some of these films like Barbarian, costing less than twenty million. The Menu, costing less than twenty million. Um, the Empty Man, you know, like these these films that are much smaller in scale, um, you know, that there's plenty of others, Antlers, uh, The Night House, just some really, really good films. Uh, I, I, I've just noticed that the these directors, and if you're familiar with some of their work now, I can't really compare Mark Myloids um, or uh, Zach Kreger's previous works because they did, you know, raunchy comedies prior to, to them tackling a completely different genre. Um, but if you have a look at like uh, Scott Cooper's Antlers um, or um, David Bruckner's The Night House, it's completely their vision. If you're familiar with their work, you can completely see what they um, or their work shining through on these productions. So I, I did just want to make a note of that because uh, I've just noticed like even going, you know, um, The Last Duel, uh, see how they run. These films are just, uh, they're, they're top tier at the moment and probably the in my opinion, the best studio output uh, out of all the major studios. I look at uh, Universal and uh, Warner Brothers, and whilst they, you know, have some spots of films that I'm enjoying, I think consistently Fox and Searchlight Pictures are, are doing their thing. Or oh, it's not Fox anymore, 20th Century Studios, but you know what I mean. Um, they're doing their thing, and I'm really enjoying their output. Now, of course, they, they have duds amongst um some of these releases, uh, every studio does, but I- I'm just really enjoying um, that the faith that they've put back into some of these filmmakers, um, giving them a voice, and, and yeah, we're seeing some really quality output, and I-, I think it should be a blueprint to some of the other studios as well to look at this and think, hey, if we've got a talented filmmaker who's in our books and who's done things before, let- let's give them a voice and give them a shot. Um, you know, low budget, but sometimes it's a, it's a high return. Um, I think David Pryor uh, and his work on The Empty Man, which I've championed that film for the best part of two years now, um, but what David Pryor was able to do with The Empty Man, uh, he, he just created such a a unique filmmaking um, or film-going experience. And uh, seeing his follow-up, the autopsy in uh, Del Toro's or Guillermo Del Toro's um, uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, the autopsy, it's, it's such a good good directorial follow-up this man is super talented and i'm glad that his film got its release whilst it did lose the studio money um, i'm hoping that that cult following that it's definitely garnered uh gains the attention of the big studio heads and they can look at that and think hey you know we're, we're, we've got a, a talented man in our books here Let, let's give him a bit more to do 
Um, but yeah, just wanted to give a shout out. But see how they run. Definitely check it out, guys. Like I said, it's on Disney Plus. I don't know if it's getting a physical release, but fingers crossed it gets um, a bit more attention. Uh, but that brings this review to a close, guys. So thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you check out some of my other reviews. I did a review of uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Barbarian. Uh, and like I said, I'm checking out the menu at some point in the coming weeks. So look forward to more reviews coming at you very shortly. But until next time, peace out.